in my mother tongue bangla golpo is a curious word it means story a noun and it also means conversation the verb i have grown up to the wonderful sound of golpo stories and conversations that have shaped me to be the storyteller that i am today in this brand new season of golpo stories from around the world me your storyteller rituparna will continue to bring you stories that have picked me yes stories pick me they really ask me to tell them they poke punch provoke and push me to tell them but before they do all of that they speak to me lighting up my mind and my heart in ways that only a very special story can do and in this podcast i bring to you some of those special stories these are just some of my stories hand picked and tucked in my story bag so i can tell them to you when the time is right are these stories for children or adults well they are for anyone who has a heart beating for stories and i really hope that this podcast helps you discover that inside you play this on your way to work to put your child to sleep to create a moment together as a family to share an idea with your team find a dose of inspiration creativity or a fresh perspective perhaps let these stories be your companion when you want some quality time with yourself like i said you will hear a story today and i hope it stays with you and lights up your heart and mind like the way these stories do for me lived a rich man called Nazim Mia he was fond of eating but good cooks were rare to find so when after a lot of trouble he hired a young attendant to manage his household chores he also asked him to learn how to cook for this young boy let's call him Amir this was his first job he was both nervous and anxious to please his master Nazim after his first month at work One day Nazim Mia called Amir and said You're doing well in managing the house Amir let's see how well you can cook a chicken dish Amir had never cooked a chicken dish before he had eaten chicken curry chicken rasala chicken korma chicken biryani and chicken kebabs that his mum made for him but how does one make chicken and so he sat down to recall the flavors that he had tasted before You do need a chicken for sure thought Amir he went to the market bought a nice jungle fowl got it defeathered cleaned and chopped now with the chicken ready in his hand he got set to cook his chicken curry he set up the cooking pot and added a dollop of butter he squashed some garlic fried it up with a touch of turmeric added ginger powder kashmiri red chilies and topped it with beaten yogurt and salt the chicken began to stew and the broth started bubbling slowly the beautiful aroma of roasting chicken wafted through the kitchen through the kitchen into amir's nose and his belly amir's belly grumbled and his mouth watered 
he suddenly felt the urgent urge to taste a piece of chicken. Is the chicken tender? Is it juicy? Is the salt perfect? I hope it's not spicy. With every question in his head, Amir felt his urge to taste the chicken grow stronger and stronger. He finally succumbed. He opened the lid, took out a juicy leg and bit into it. Munch, munch, munch. The chicken leg was soon over. Satiated and satisfied and a tad pleased with his own efforts, Amir covered up the pot and let the chicken simmer for some more time. By the time he served the chicken to his master that night, Amir had forgotten about the leg that he had eaten. But his master was clearly looking forward to bite into the chicken leg. Not one, but two. Where is the second leg, Amir? asked Nazim Mia, stirring the pot. Uh, the second leg? Kukras Kunizang! The chicken had only one leg, sire, replied Amir. Nazim Mia looked up from his plate and asked, now, is that so? The master settled for the single leg of chicken that night. Amir was indeed a gifted cook. At least this dish was perfect. Should he fire him for eating his share of chicken legs? Nazim let the matter pass and he almost forgot about it. Until one day when he and Amir were out in the market, this time to buy a jungle fowl with perfect legs. Master, look! There is a chicken with one leg, exclaimed Amir, pointing to a chicken in a coop. Nazim Mia picked up a small pebble and threw at the chicken. The poor thing dropped his leg, the one he had hidden under his feathers. Ah, now I know, master. I wish you had taught me to find the chicken's second leg. I would have found it for the first one. And so lives this Kashmiri proverb and the story of the young cook and his chicken that had one leg. If you haven't figured it out already, the Kashmiri proverb of Kokras Kunizang refers to a stubborn person. This story and the proverb in a book of Kashmiri folktales by Onaiza Drabu. Tabled under a section of stories that have made way into everyday colloquialism or bolchal, this one instantly stepped into my story bag. I've always found proverbs and idioms very interesting. Some of the world's most known proverbs come from fables. There was definitely a way I looked at proverbs as a child or at least when I wasn't a storyteller. The storyteller's lens definitely makes me look at proverbs very, very differently. A study of proverbs opens up realms of human experience, suggesting that we have always tried to make sense of the world. Whether you look at them as a community's collective wisdom, morals or lessons for life, proverbs have held humanity in a common thread. But then, I have never been satisfied when someone tells me what to do. Show me why I should do it. Tell me a story where you learnt the wisdom and I will think about following your advice. Therefore, what makes Proverbs fascinating for me is the act of finding evidence in a story that illustrates it in the first place. 
it's not about writing a story based on a proverb. Rather, it is finding an authentic story that has gone on to create the proverb in the first place. One of the reasons why this proverb works for me is there is a seemingly authentic story researched and gathered from credible sources. Oniza in her book explained how she physically gathered these stories from community elders and storytellers who verify the authenticity of these stories. You see the difference, don't you? When my son was about five, he once brought back the story of the hare and the tortoise from school. His teacher told him how the slow and steady hare won the race. While he retold the story to me, he asked, But why do you ask me to hurry up? The teacher always says, hurry up, hurry up, finish your tiffin. The thing with proverbs is that they are deeply intertwined into our everyday language. If you are a language teacher, look up the proverbs you teach and try and find an authentic story to back it up. Or begin by looking at the proverb objectively. Is it true for the times we live in? The world has changed. The old order of life and their perspective may be too archaic for today. The slow and steady may not win the race. Definitely not on the sports day. And maybe the rolling stone-like young professional is looking for a place to settle. Or maybe all is not fair in love and war. I have trouble accepting prescriptive and formulaic stories. I like stories that open dialogue, discussions and debates. If the origin of popular proverbs is debatable, I feel testing them today to find evidence in today's world is worth exploring. If proverbial truths are worthy of being storied, then look at corporate jargon too. If you are someone who tends to use a lot of corporate jargon in the boardroom or who wants to simplify what others tell you through corporate mumbo-jumbo, try going the storied way. Begin by illustrating a business jargon with a simple story. Try telling the story of lots of moving parts by explaining how does the work flow in your organization, which are the parts within your organization that work in tandem, in sequence and in partnership. Or if you are referring to your core values, strengthen it with a story that illustrates how one can align with the organization's core values. I tell Kokras Kunizang as Doodler Tale, a concept that brings together oral, participatory and visual storytelling in one stream. I took the story to children in Kashmir recently and it was an absolute delight to them to listen to a familiar story and experience it in a new way. When I shared the bare bones of this story with a fellow storyteller, her eyes sparkled at the memory of a similar story from her home, Garwal. She didn't quite remember the story she had heard as a child and so this telling is for her. Masundara, I'm hoping this story will remind you of the story that you heard and you will tell me your version soon. If you're a teacher looking to tell stories from this podcast in your classroom, look up our special workshops called Spark Classrooms, The Storied Way. Or subscribe to our newsletter. Do follow our website for the latest on our work. Write to us at golpo at yourstorybag.com. We would love to hear what do you think of this podcast. Looking for a specific story to tell in the classroom, living room or boardroom? Write to us and we will find a story you. Thank 
you for listening. Golpo Stories from Around the World is a podcast of stories that spark conversations. You will find a bunch of traditional tales in here, retold and bridged with the world that we live in today. A story grows only when it is told. So go ahead and share these stories in the classroom, in the boardroom or in your living room. And come back to me and tell me what did everyone say? If you like my stories and want to support this podcast, then you may want to gift a story, a little contribution to make storytelling sustainable for you, me and others. To know more about my work, you can look up www.yourstorybag.com. I have a weekly newsletter. Follow the sound of my stories with the hashtag #storytellingwithrituparna. You can connect with me on social media. The links are in the show notes below. Until the next story, happy storytelling.